Hey, everyone who's just joined the podcast and is starting listening from second one. We just edited out the whole intro. Uh, we were talking about a dead yeah. person. Go listen to that on YouTube. I don't, well, I, again, I'm just like, where, where do I make the cut? A big part of this is actually, and it's been interesting actually giving you the, the pre-saw, pre-rate. Yeah. Because then, you know, those who are actually listening, if anybody is, I don't actually know. Well, we got four, we got four listens. Oh. Four whole views on the, pre, on the last pre-saw. I know, four. I get more on my pretend Rocket League personalities account. My question is, how much of that actually can you control? Like, is any of that like an algorithm or are we just doomed to insignificance for the rest of time? Ah, well, that's what we're going to do. We're on a, we are on a journey of discovery, Colin. You <laughs> and me. It's been a very long journey of discovery. It's been four years. You and I, there we go, are on a journey of discovery as to how to crack that YouTube algorithm. <sighs> to make people that aren't related to us watch your videos. Do you know what I've been doing at the moment is doing that very thing except for somebody in Malta who is attempting to get big on YouTube by finding keywords that people are searching and then doing videos on that keyword. Yeah, keywords work. Don't use the keyword Trump though because that is actually a reverse keyword on YouTube right now. <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, apparently. At least for advertisers, it is right. Okay, I'll fair enough. Advertise, but we we are so small and piddly that advertisers don't care about us anyway. So small and piddly. <laughs> Welcome to CSOP Parade, <laughs> Scotland's smallest and piddliest podcast. <laughs> And your f- new favourite YouTube channel. Absolutely, yeah. If you are new to Seesaw Parade, then you'll be new to the videos which are popping up on the Seesaw Parade YouTube channel every single week. Sporadically. But before we get any further, let me introduce ourselves. I'm Colin and he's James. <laughs> wow, this is a good one. Hello. <laughs> Start off strongly and we'll continue as we mean to go on. This, of course, is Seesaw Parade, Scotland's least dull podcast, the smallest and... Least piddly podcast in Scotland. Wait, no, what? Smallest and least piddly? You can't... No, ah, that's a country. It's an oxymoron. Oh, dear. What what was it you said again? I need to quote that. Smallest and piddliest. Okay, so we're owning that. We're the smallest and piddliest podcast in Scotland. (laughs) Scotland, yeah. We don't need anything else anymore. I don't care about long season ones. I don't care about favourites. I just care about being small and piddly. Me too. Do you know what really fits your personality? (laughs) Uh, I was reading an article last week about two women in the States who... It was like two years ago, had come up with this idea. They're like, hey, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to give advice to people. Uh-huh. And they thought that within like five or six episodes, they were going to have like sponsors and ads no, and no, no, all this no, stuff. No. And obviously it just doesn't happen. No. And they stopped. Uh-huh. Never give up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like we're on episode 179, James. At what point do we, do we say no more? Well, we're not, we're not doing this for the, for the big bucks. Ev- evidently. We're not doing this for the big audience. Evidently. Four views, James. Four. It is it is a shame when people approach podcasts like they are already minor internet celebrities. That is a shame. Because yeah. you see the only podcasts you see take off like that are ones that have had like months of marketing and are new. Yeah. Or are involving people who already have a huge audience elsewhere. Or are so bizarre and actually entertaining that they do well. For example, my dad wrote a porno. Yeah, but that one even. Like, it had people in it that we already knew. Oh, did it? And it had marketing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, in that case, I take it back. And also, just to clarify, it was not my dad 
who wrote the porno? No, not quite. Yeah, and it wasn't us that did that podcast. Although, <laughs> dad or or other dad, if either of you want to, and that by that I don't mean that I've got two dads. Sorry, mum. I mean Colin also has a dad. If either of our dads would like to write a porno and we can read it, let's do it. I mean that's a that's a bold statement to make, James. Let me just. It would ha- it would be the PGest porno. <laughs> And then they held hands. Then she flashed some ankle. Yeah, she she lifted her her skirt up <laughs> off of the ground level. Okay. And we witnessed the color of her sock. <laughs> or was it a stocking? We don't know. I feel we're losing track here, James. Let's crack on, shall we? Of course, if you want to get in touch, you can do so, which James will tell you to do so at the very end. Let's crack yeah, on. Yeah, I'll give you a call to a, a really achievable call to action. Absolutely. Step one of cracking the algorithm. Okay. Calls to actions. <laughs> Let's start. Boris Johnson has announced that Parliament will be suspended just days after MPs actually go back to work in September and only a few weeks before Brexit's meant to happen. Wow, I'm surprised, and so is the whole nation. Just just to give you some further detail before we absolutely slate this, the Prime Minister said his uh, Queen's speech will take place uh, after the suspension, which is October the 14th, by the way. To outline his very exciting agenda, and that means that MPs have to pass laws to stop a no-deal Brexit before Halloween, which is just, what, two weeks later? Two weeks, yeah. And the House of Commons uh, Speaker, John Bercow, has said it was a constitutional outrage that this suspension has been called. He said from his holiday somewhere far in. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Uh, James, give me your thoughts on this. Well, yeah, it, it, this is this is not, as, they, as the cool kids call it, a democratic move. No. This is probably an undemocratic move. Going to throw that one out there. I'm not sure anyone else is reporting it as such because, you know, they don't have my brain power. <laughs> but I get the feeling that Boris knows that people don't actually want no deal, so he's doing what he can to stop everybody having opinions. Yeah, I mean, to me, however Boris wants to address it or give his reasons why, it's clearly blindingly obvious to me that the only reason he's doing this is to stop the other MPs debating Brexit. Yeah, it's to stop everyone um, having anything they can do or say um, for as long as he possibly can. Jeremy Corbyn said, suspending Parliament is not acceptable. It is not on. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah, really got the yeah, blood pumping there. He's going to work with other opposition parties to put a stop to this, which is, is, is actually possible. It sounds like it's impossible because it was the Queen. The Queen that has to say, yes, Parliament shall be suspended. And she did. She said, yes, she said, Parliament yeah. shall be suspended. Because she just has to. Otherwise, she'll be, she'll lose her job. Yep. And, and be one of us normies with huge amounts of land and wealth, but no royal <laughs> title. Uh, <laughs> um, so you can't challenge that legally. If the Queen says it, you can't challenge it. So it seems impossible. But what you can challenge is Boris asking her to. And you can ask... You can you can take that through the courts, and then at the end of the process, go, "Hey, Queen, he lied." Do Do you know, James, what the actual word is for shutting down Parliament? Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. You don't sleepify. It's it's no. It's not nice. Try. Uh, it's called prorog 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 Honestly, I am trying to say this prorogation prorogation. 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 Which happens after the Prime Minister advises the Queen uh, to do it. Wait, so it's anti-rogation if you're, like, taking away holidays from the Parliament? 
I don't know, actually. I must, I'm assuming it means that. But uh, yeah, the decision to do it now, uh, as the BBC are saying, is highly controversial <gasps> because opponents say it would stop MPs being able to play their full democratic part yeah. in the Brexit process. There's been a very fun switch from the BBC's uh, reporting on government. Yeah, I've noticed this. I don't know why or what's changed about it, but for some reason they don't seem to be quite as behind government now yeah. as they were before when they were pushing us all towards no deal Brexit. Now that it's happening, the BBC's like, oh no, it might be a bad idea. This is actually something, you're right, this is something I've noticed as well. Yeah. And the the coverage from the BBC of uh, Brexit generally has always been uh, just essentially a reporting of events and okay this has happened but it's fine this has happened it's still okay yeah yeah they lie when they say it's fine whereas in the last couple of days it's now become oh hold on a second this is happening this is bad this is controversial oh no yeah that is a very different stance well it's because brexit itself if played right by people who have money can make those people money and the people that have money happen to be the people who are in the bbc in in a lot of um, instances or who have friends in the BBC. Okay. So they're obviously going to report things that help their friends get a wee bit of money. However, No Deal Brexit is a lot harder to profit from. <laughs> I'm sure at least Mr. Farage has figured out how to do it because he's now all saying that it was the will of the people all along. So he must have yep. friends in rich places who are giving him money if he gets it to happen. But I suppose people in the BBC and their friends who are rich aren't so sure that they'll keep their money so easily with a no-deal Brexit. So now they're going, oh, no, no, no. We just wanted a Brexit that was harmful for normal people, not us. Right, let's move on from fighting in the commons to fighting fires in the Amazon. Alaric. (laughs) I'm sure it could have been better. (laughs) And essentially a playground spat between the president of Brazil and the French president, Emmanuel Macron. So this is the story of the fires which are currently burning down the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and have been for a fair while and do every year. They have been. This year, apparently, it is higher than ever recorded, or certainly in recent memory. It's finally gotten worse than it was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. The president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, has essentially been on all-out attack mode to anyone and everyone who has something to say about the Amazon. So he is, uh, and this... Just this last week alone, uh, he's ruled out accepting the G7's offer of $22 million worth of aid. Yeah. Um, unless he got an apology yeah, from, from Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, because he called him a liar. Yeah, so Macron called him a liar and Bolsonaro wants, uh, wants an apology. Yeah. Uh, he's he's accused Europe of wanting to colonise mm. South America yeah. again. We want, to go and, we want to go and burn the trees ourselves. And uh, then this led to the French, and I believe Ireland... Uh, threatening to uh, not sign this huge trade deal they've made with South America yeah, unless more is done to tackle these fires. James, this is uh, turned into a bit of a mess and the, the fires at the heart of it have seemingly been forgotten. Uh, yeah, the fires have been forgotten and uh, as always, they're not the only fires. Turns out that most developing nations that have huge forests that are blocking their agricultural abilities are burning their forests. Uh, Madagascar has also lost a huge percentage of its forests recently. Um, And they're all doing it because having a forest that isn't profitable is less profitable than having land for cows, which make you money. Yes. And the whole world, until recently, has been like, yeah, that's fine. I like my beef nice and cheap. 
Who cares about Forrest? Now we all care. Now we all care a little bit. We don't care as much about it as we do in a, like a, a mediocre blockbuster from Hollywood. That's true. Or 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 a building burning down in France. You know, we care about it a little bit compared to those things, but we care about it. So I'm I may be mistaken here. I probably am. Yeah. I think a billion dollars was donated to the Notre Dame restoration. Yeah. Yeah. And we've we've topped that. By you know caring about one building, well, a billion, of course, caring about the the whole forest that's keeping the whole of planet Earth alive by 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 sucking in our our bad gases, and we cared about it so much that we're donating or wanted to donate twenty million. Whoa! Wow! Do you know Leo, do you know Leonardo DiCaprio donated five? Yeah, exactly. What a guy! It's, it's embarrassing how little everyone cares about this. We got some celebrities doing more than entire worlds. Of the which there are one. Okay, and let's just talk about Macron and Bolsonaro. So Bolsonaro has been criticised for essentially rolling back uh, years or decades of protections, climate, yeah, climate change or Amazon protections uh, to allow farmers or agri the agriculture sector. I can't speak today. The agriculture sector in Brazil to make more money. Yeah, he's also just generally not a good person. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, he's he's quite bad with human rights and stuff. He's like a conservative or something. So when he he said that Macron lied to him. Yeah. What is that? What, what's that about? Well, because I, I believe, and this could be me lying because I do that all the time, that Bolas, Bol, Bolsonaro, there we go, uh, said that he cared about the environment and then Macron was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And then he was like, don't call me a liar. Because of that, I will not accept your help at not burning down the forest because I care about the environment so much. And it is just a bunch of kids. And like these people who are burning down the forests are again some of those evil people that are contributing to the death of millions worldwide um, for short-term profits in terms of agricultural industry in this instance. And the easiest way to deal with them would be to spend a lot of money. Yep. We, as rich nations that want to actually survive in the future, could just pay them more to keep the forest than they would make from burning the forest down. Okay, but let me just say, surely that's within their own morality to say, hold on, let's maybe not burn down the biggest forest on planet Earth. Well, no, absolutely, it would be the best possible situation would be if people that had things that keep us alive were like, yeah, I'm just going to keep this going for free because I'm a good human being. <laughs> Sadly, they're not, and they like money, and they like money right now, yep. and then they're going to die before the the negative consequences happen. Okay, just bef- before we move on. Let me just say, Mr. Bolsonaro has also uh, commented on Facebook making a joke about Mr. Macron's wife. Yeah, that was that was bad. Bridget, who's 25 years older than he is, and then uh, said, Macron cannot even avoid a predictable fire in a church that's part of the world's heritage, and he wants to give us lessons for our country. And uh, Macron yeah. responded by saying they were extraordinarily rude and sad comments to make. I mean, yeah, everyone's, all of the world leaders are children. These are grown men. These are world leaders. All of the world leaders are children. It's so hard to, to see the good ones because they don't get the headlines. Oh, my. But, like, seriously, all these evil countries, just give them money to do good things. Stop giving them, like, p- pennies to do good things. Just pay them. Who cares? Norway's been buying forests whenever it can for ages now because they're a bit ahead of the game. All the Scandinavian countries seem to be ahead of the game. Even, like, the Finnish education. I was reading about that today. Yeah, they do Sounds great. And they they actually try things out. They're trying to tackle poverty in ways that are new to basically the world because science science and studies are saying, and statistics, of course, are saying, here's a way that could potentially deal with 
poverty across the nation. And Finland's like, let's give that a try. Meanwhile, the whole world's like, well, nobody's tried it, so we're not going to. <laughs> okay. Well, let's leave the serious news and go on to the light and fluffy stuff that people are spending far more money on than saving, you know, the Amazon. Yeah. Moving on from the Amazon to Amazon Prime's film that you've removed from the running order and i don't understand why oh did i did i accidentally delete it i'm very sorry i'll put it back in so this is the first trailer for the brand new disney plus big shiny big expensive series called the mandalorian yeah which is based around the star wars universe before we talk about it let's have a listen bounty hunting is a complicated profession Don't you agree? Right, James, a Mandalorian. What do you think of her? I'm just so upset that Disney have made this. Really? Yeah, just because it's Disney that made it. If anyone else made it, I'd watch it. Uh, and it looks incredible. Production values are insanely good. Yeah. The cast is really good. It is. Uh, they've even got Taika Waititi in there. And that's wonderful. Do they? Yeah, yeah. He's playing the, the droid with all the guns. Oh, I see. I didn't realise it was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, IB-88, I-something-88. I can't remember. Or or a droid of a similar build. Uh, anywho, it looks like a really, really good show. It looks like a wee bit of a gritty Star Wars show. Yeah. With a focus that isn't on lightsabers and f- the Force, which is what I've been asking for. And they've done it, but Disney made it. Right. And I really hate Disney more and more every day okay. for how evil they are. Well, let's in general. move on from hating Disney and talk about the actual trailer. I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let about me it. start by saying I believe they've done it again in that they've shown the what it looks like, what we can expect without giving away any of the plot, and that is all yeah. I ask for from a trailer. So that's a big tick for me. But James, this is let- like top quality marketing. Like they, they've shown how heavily um, focused on production this was. Yeah, it looks so clean and so good, and they they've shown off the actors they need to, and they didn't. They didn't let me know what the show is going to be actually about. Well, let me ask then. it's about a Mandalorian. Let me ask. The opening shot, the op- maybe it's the second shot, shows a bunch of Stormtrooper heads on pikes. Yeah. That's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. For what is a Disney show. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look quite PG, does it? Towards the very end, it's certainly implied that a man is cut in half by a closing door. Yeah. Is that... Like uh, honey dicking the fans and saying, hey, look how dark and gritty this is going to be. And then when the show comes out, it's just going to be a 12A. It's just going to be like all the other Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do you think? You, you can have like one or two arms cut off, but that's that's it at the max. There's some severed heads going on. I mean, they've got their helmets on, so it's... Again, there's helmeted heads. You don't, they, they wouldn't do that with with, uh, with any actual heads. Right. Um, so, you, so you think they're going to stick with the 12A? I mean, because we saw, we saw decapitation in the second of the prequels. Mr. The Unactual Mandalorian got his head chopped off. Okay. By Mace Windu. By Nick Fury. Last question. Is this Mandalorian character, Amanda, is he or she going to take his helmet off or her helmet off at any point during the show? Oh, I would love it if if the helmet was a permanent feature. That would be (laughs) so good. Okay. We're talking, we're, we're, we're approaching like dread levels of of commitment to a character design absolutely yeah i'd like that please don't take the helmet i suppose then what it does it it keeps it keeps the mystique it keeps the aura but at the same time like are we fully expecting this character to just go to bed with his helmet on to have a shower with the helmet on (laughs) episode two the character goes to sleep (laughs) 
for the whole thing. We just watched them sleeping without a helmet on. I suppose the the answer to this question is, who is the actor playing the Mandalorian? And if they're a big name, then obviously they're going to have to get their face out. It, wait, is it Pedro Pascal? Yeah, it is. It's Pedro Pascal. If it's Pedro Pascal, then yeah, he's he's got to get his face out. Yeah, he's a handsome charmer. They won't <laughs> leave him in a helmet the whole time. Exactly. They're cowards. Disney are cowards. Never forget. They're cowards. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about The King. Now, this is a Netflix... We're really ticking all the boxes today, James. A Netflix movie starring Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name and Joel Edgerton among a pretty high-profile cast. you got Robert Pattinson in there as well. Oh, man, looking, looking handsome. Some very, some very flowing locks he's got going on. Yeah. Let's have a look at this, or listen to this, and then you go watch it. Already I can feel the weight of this crown I wear. I've been forced to rely upon the counsel of men whose loyalty I question every waking moment. I need men around me I can trust. I'm here because you are my friend. King has enough friends. King has only followers and foe. It is a packed cast. James, what did you think of this, and particularly... Timothy Chalamet's English accent. Uh, oh yeah, I I I find that I'm getting more and more annoyed about the the manner in which people talk in in these kinds of productions. They always just whisper so loudly. They loud whisper to each other. Just, just for and, for pretext, this film is about King Henry, King Henry V, I think. And, and he was a he was a reluctant. I can't even. Re- I can't even try and reluctant man child king teenager essentially. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was an edgy teenager who got to be in charge of a whole nation. And there's like war and stuff. And there's like fighting and stuff. And there's drama and stuff. Yep. But I don't think any of it looks new. In fact, one of the battle scenes was literally a recreation of one of the scenes in Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, where yeah, Kit Harrington's um, character is stuck in a mass of people. Jon Snow. Exactly the same thing here. Yeah. Joel Edgerton stuck in a mass of humanity, looking upwards at the camera. Yes, I don't know what about this film will be new. None of it looked new at all. I didn't really... Like, it looks nice, and the cast is nice. Yep. And it looks well shot, but it didn't look like it would be a new experience that would give me something to remember. Yeah, two two things for me. First of all, it looks like every other gritty medieval monarch-related film I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's got exactly the same dialogue style of Loud Whisper yeah. in all environments. Everyone, no matter how much noise is going on, just has exactly the same gritty whisper voice. Why can't they just be like, all right, who's, who's helping me out exactly. today? Just like talk loudly. <laughs> like, you're in a huge, giant room. Just talk. But no, like it's all from Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones' fault. They, 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 they did it. My second point, and this is far more uh, on the surface they have a gratuitous shot of or two shots of timothy chalamet shirtless yeah now i for one i'm not complaining about this but at the same time no, right. you're doing this because you are attempting to appeal to the fan base uh i can't remember what his fans are called they have some sort of weird cringe name but oh he's got has he got a cult yeah he absolutely but um and, and that is that's done on purpose 100 percent those shots were put into the trailer just so people could like screen grab it and post it on Twitter. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but that's 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 my uh, that's my feelings on that. You know, if that gets them an extra little dollar or two, <laughs> they'll do it. 
that's that's what people that's what people do. I can't find out what his fan club is called. I I suppose they're called like the Shalomaniacs. <laughs> it's a great name, man. Okay, uh, I wanted to say Shalomaniacs, but I don't think it's that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's even better. They're the Timothy <laughs> Shalomaniacs. That's it. They don't even have anything else in their name. Not like club. Just the shallow mayonnaise. Shallow mayonnaise. Because mayonnaise covers everything. Yeah, it does, absolutely. It smothers it. So does that fan club. It covers the whole world. James, do you want to talk about the remaining two Netflix movies or should we talk about the Amazon Prime series first? Let's let's, let's crack into Amazon. Let's give them a wee return to the tension. Absolutely. Okay, well, this is Amazon Prime. Can I just say, by the way, I started my Amazon Prime subscription today by accident. Hey, accidental money spending. I didn't mean to do it. And then they were like, hey, welcome to your 30-day free trial. I was like, I've already had one, but thanks. I'm going to take it. And then I'm going to pay for it. I'll have another one, please. Yeah. So anyway, this is the, this is their new uh, movie called The Report, or also known yeah. as The Torture Report. But The Torture has been redacted because... Oh, because edgy topics. Because the United States intelligence community constantly redacts things yeah. that incriminate them. Yeah, that's why. okay. So this is Adam Driver, who is awesome uh, as he is, a he is great. CIA analyst. Here we go. They waterboarded him 183 times. 11, Everything they got from him was either a lie or something they already had. If it works, why do you need to do it 183 times? Maybe when the report comes out, people will finally see that. I vehemently disagree with the narrative here. The United States does not torture. Dan, you need to be careful here. They can't destroy the documents. They can go after the next best thing. James, hit me. Well, let me let me crack in. I think this looks very important. <laughs> because this is information that we've all known for a very long time. Yes. And by all, I mean people who care about the world and stuff. Like the CIA and basically every intelligence community in the world does evil things to try and progress their a different agenda. Some agendas are good, some agendas are bad, but they do evil things to get there. Okay. And this film is just shedding some light on some of the evil stuff that, that went on to try and continue the investigation post 9-11. And some of that evil stuff was really, really bad. And also, like, harmed um, prosecutions for people that did the, the whole terrorism thing. I think when you say this film looks very important, that's probably the best compliment you can give it because I feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah. With again, yeah. Zero Dark Thirty, with uh, Snowden. Yeah. With certain espionage or, you know, someone realizes that something's not quite right and then has to jump through hoops to make it right. Yeah. I do feel like I've seen this film before. What I would say, though, is Adam Driver is one of my favourite actors on screen. He is fantastic. I am looking forward to seeing this. I'm sure it will be very well done. But, uh, yeah. yeah the cast in general looks really promising. Oh, it's a great cast. I should be more yeah. fussed by it than I am. But at the same time, I also know how the film goes. Number number one, because because this is something which actually happened, and I know what happened. It's a real story. Yeah. And second of all, because the plot shows you anyway. The, yeah. the trailer shows you the plot anyway. Yeah. So as a film of its own merit, it's not going to do anything new. Um, it's not going to give you a, a memorable moment that sends chills down your spine because you've experienced a whole new experience. Yep. But what it is going to do is retell you the story of what happened in a more digestible way that will hopefully help you understand what happened a bit better. Okay. And that is important to do. And it's, it's no surprise to me that Amazon and 
the other big tech companies are pushing out films like this are anti-government because currently there's a bit of a, a, a little tiff between tech companies and governments. That's very true. Right, before we get to the final two trailers, let me just tell you some information, James, about oh boy. a Netflix film which we've talked about before. We've looked at the trailer. It's Martin Scorsese's yeah. The Irishman. Do you want to ah. guess how long this film is? Three hours and 12 minutes. It's three and a half hours long, James. I was so close. <laughs> it is Scorsese's longest film to date. Even Wolf That's of Wall Street was two hours 45. Yeah. And Silence, which was kind of okay, about two missionaries out in Japan, one of whom was Liam Neeson. That, that film was... Two hours fifty, maybe two hours fifty-five. This is three and a half, and that was and has a two hundred million dollar production uh, behind it, and it's being screened. <laughs> that could save several forests. As it we could. Were. It could save ten, <laughs> and it's being screened in certain indie cinemas uh, before it gets its Netflix release at the end of November, simply so it can qualify for the Oscars. So we'll see how that goes. Should we start quantifying film? production costs in in rainforests that's an excellent idea let's do that yeah let's just like that's how much we value the whole planet so this is how we value this film 10 rainforests in in other news we have mentioned his name already kit harrington has joined the marvel film eternals did you see that oh i did not see that yeah kit harrington's in it he's being reunited with richard madden he's getting into the old big the big screen ah yeah that's exciting i don't know if he's playing a human character or a superhero character but i guess we'll find out in uh, the near future he's just gonna play a character who we see the story through the eyes of he's the lens okay. he's gonna have no emotions <laughs> he's gonna do nothing and he's gonna serve his purpose fine let's go to the final two he also has been in films before but nope, no like big ones. successful yeah let's go to two final trailers the first one i'm uh, very interested in is called el camino a breaking bad movie now this is yeah. this is the one which has been in the works uh, from Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan for quite some time. Let's have a listen. Even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Cause I've been watching the news, same as everybody else. I seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. So sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way, I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. Okay, so Skinny Pete's being interrogated. Yeah, which then by the, the DEA. Which then leads him up to the big reveal, which is, I'm not going to let you find Jesse Pinkman, you filthy animals. I'm not, I am not a, a snitch. I'm not a rat. This, to me, does the trick. It teases the film without showing you anything, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, I got no idea what kind of angle the film's going to have based off this, but I know I want to see it. It's called El Camino because uh, that's the car Jesse Pinkman's driving. It drives off in, yeah. Like, it could just be like a following the investigation of where is Jesse? And then seeing what he's actually up to. The two-part story. Storyline A and storyline B. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to have... If you want to um, build off the success of Breaking Bad, you've got to have characters from the show in it so yeah i don't know how they're going to incorporate everyone but they will i'm keen to see it is walter white going to be in it oh that'll be the the big surprise <laughs> twist he's still alive yeah Sorry, so spoiler. Whenever, if everybody out there if you hear that there's a big twist in el camino you know exactly what it is and anyone that t- that's told you there's a big twist spoiled the film for you because <laughs> that is itself a spoiler to say okay final trailer before we talk about uh, reviews this is called The Laundromat, 
and it's featuring Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, and is directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's a Netflix movie. Here we go. So they drowned Joe and 20 other innocent people. And somebody's making money from it. It all goes back to this law firm, Mossack Fonseca. So what happens next? What do we do next? All I did was try and send money. It's a scam that goes from Houston to the West Indies to some bank who knows where. They're getting away with murder. Which is bad. Bad? Yeah, bad is such a big word for being such a small word. Yeah, it is a pretty big cast. Pretty big cast doing a fairly... (laughs) relevant story it's like reverse the good guys these are the bad guys right they're being the people who did the whole panama thing this to me the vibe i get from this is the big short yeah which is essentially but that but you're right it's told from the perspective of the guys who won who saw the economic crash coming whereas this is sort of the reverse but it's done as a comedy yeah so it's a it's a funny side it's the funny side of the people who allowed all of the rich moral free individuals in the world to not pay taxes i think i can't quite tell what did you make of the trailer i, I mean it looks interesting right it's it's because like, they could have gone heavy drama with it but they didn't they've got they clearly are gunning for an oscar or two with with this cast well, see this is my question this is my question are they are they really they've got look at the cast you don't get you don't get meryl streep and gary oldman and mr antonio in a film, if you're not like hoping for some Oscar nods. Okay, but at the same time, as much as Meryl Streep here is doing her pained American granny yeah. very, very well, yeah. I, I'm not really sure what Gary Oldman's doing. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mr. Antonio just doing his thing, that's cool. Steven Soderbergh, this looks very much like a Steven Soderbergh film. He has a very distinct style. But it's also Netflix. Now, I know they did big with Roma, but this is a far cry from Roma. This is a comedy. Like, like it's more of a of a. They're doing a shotgun method this year. With Roma, they had a very accurate sniper rifle, so to speak, and they <laughs> they just blasted that award. Yes, they did. One, one little ping. This time, they're just they're just they have just got a buckshot of incredible films <laughs> that they're just hoping one of them's going to win something with, right? Do you know what? You're actually right. They got loads coming out. They do. Actually, I'm. You have convinced me of that, James. You have. They are going for this scattershot approach. Yeah. You've got Streep. You've got Oldman. Great. Yeah, that, they're going to get something from this. Okay, James. Let's talk about what we've been watching before we wrap up. What have you been watching? Oh yeah, I surprise upon surprise finished an anime series. Wow, James Whoa. finished an anime. Tell me about it. This one's called The Promised Neverland, and it is. It, I just. It's just got one season for now. Okay. And it was amazing. It's about a group of kids in an orphanage of sorts. And I don't want to say much more, but it follows their uh, story as they as they discover secrets about the place in which they live. Right. So it's a bit psychological horror. It, 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 it's, it's very tense. But one of the things that was so good about this, for me, early on anyway, and then later on, everything's good about it. The characters are great, story's great, uh, dialogue's great. The voice acting is great. The animation is great. But one of the things that caught me really early on was how well they did their shot selection, mm-hmm. which is a strange thing to say about an animated An anime, yeah. Because yep. you don't actually do that with occasional cameras. To make you feel really not at ease in very normal situations. So they'd just be having a very normal dialogue scene. Uh-huh. But the way that they shot it 
was jarring and it put you on the edge of your seat, even though it was completely normal in terms of content. So it really, yeah, it got me early, early with, with that kind of trick and it pulled me in as, as it explored more and more of the story and the characters. Right, okay. So I, I highly recommend this to anyone, not just anime watchers, <laughs> just anyone can watch this and enjoy it. Right, let's talk about uh, a couple of things I've knocked off. I'm going to give you one sentence about one documentary I saw, which is called Sunderland Till I Die. It's a football documentary, eight episodes. I enjoyed it. If you like football, you'll like it too. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I also Wait, are Sunderland interesting? So, well, so it's the story, if we have to go into more detail. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, go. the 2017-2018 league campaign. They've just been relegated from the Premier League, which is the top division in England. And it's a season, a documentary looking at their attempts to get back to the top division. But spoiler, they actually get relegated again. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Honestly, it's incredible. So it's just a really sad story. But it's it's the way in which it's, it's done, like the narrative, it's uh, fantastic. Right. And you get to see all these behind the scenes characters, you know, the chief executive who's very slimy and the owner who nobody likes and is never on camera. Uh, the managers who you feel really sorry for as they get summarily sacked every so often. Yeah, it is. It, I did really enjoy it, but no, it's very just, much. Yeah, that does sound a lot better than it did originally. It's I also like very it. much a football documentary and also it's about a year old and I only got around to it last week. So in other football news, Bury have been deleted. You mean Bury? Bury have been deleted. <laughs> yes, they are. Thank you, Colin. Who else is getting deleted next week? Bury and who? Bolton. Bolton. That's, yeah, f- two teams that I actually knew the names football of news. before now because of football manager. Bury, who have a, a be, have been a, rather who have been a football club for 134 years, now it's longer than I've been alive. No longer exist. They've been they've been buried. <laughs> yes, James, they have because they were run by charlatans and terrible people who ran the club into administration, followed by liquidation, followed by the club no longer exists. Yeah. It is very sad. Okay, James. So if they sort their finances out to a reasonable degree, they may re-enter the leagues at the ninth tier. Yeah, they, but they have to start a brand new club. Well, yeah, so they'll be like... They can't, they can't just resurrect. They, can't they, can call it, they can call it Bury. <laughs> they call it Rebury. Okay. Yeah. Re- <laughs> Sorry, back back on the topic. I, you can call it Exhum. Goodness sake, right. I have also seen Angel Has Fallen, which is the third film, can't quite believe I'm saying that, third film in the franchise of the Has Fallen series, saga, Yeah, which never in ends. which the only actual development is that Jared Butler loses his voice more and more. And gets as, as the films go progressively on. older. So it started with Olympus Has yeah. Fallen, which is gen- like genuinely a fun B-movie. Yeah, that was a... I'd watch that. London Has Fallen, which is terrible, and this film, which is... I'd say the worst film I've seen this year. Wow. Well done. (laughs) The CGI is so bad, but I I like to think that the people who made it knew it was bad, and were just like, all right, we're we're just going to have to go with it. You know, there are multiple occasions where you're, you're like, that's not a real helicopter landing. Right, yeah. You've clearly CGI'd Morgan Freeman and Jared Butler's faces onto their body doubles at this point. Right, so it's like C-tier film oh, it's, CGI. It's like Sharknado. Super. Mega shark versus giant octopus level CGI. Then, of course, you've got, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith's FBI character who's simply there to spout exposition. <laughs> you know, that she's, she's studying a picture of Jared Butler holding up coordinates and she'll say, ah. why does he want us to go there? And you're like, 
why do you even need to say that? Oh. Followed by, and I'm sorry, this is this is not really a spoiler, but I don't it kind think of it matters for a film of this quality. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared Butler's wife, who is about to be kidnapped by two shady men, and suddenly Jared Butler's father, who's outside the door, manages to kill the two men. Who he and he's now meeting Jared Butler's wife for the first time, and they have a really like 45 second, minute long heart to heart, whilst two men lie dead at his feet, bleeding profusely, and she's like, he's tearing up, she's tearing up, and then she's like, she she swallows very audibly, and she's like, I think you've you've got a cut there, we we, we should close it up. Wow. (laughs) You're watching this being like, there are two dead guys, literally, dying between Dying or dead, just between the two of you, and you guys are having a really tender moment, and then you're like, they're like having a passionate hug over the corpses slash corpses to be and then you and then you end it by saying oh yeah that's a that's a nasty cut you got in your eye there let me just step oh, over right. these two dead bodies and clean it up for you i mean yeah but when you're living lives surrounded by death and destruction it becomes normal to you very very quickly the film is absolutely terrible it's it's so bad do not watch it the only saving grace i can give it is that some of the action sequences are fun and danny houston will just forever be typecast as generic villain it's just, oh, yeah. it's just what he does. He's just generic villain. Mm-hmm. And Morgan Freeman Wait, that's, phones that's in his performance. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Morgan Freeman, who occasionally does a film that requires acting. Okay. We have had one audience-submitted review this week. It is for the TV show Euphoria, James. Good job. Hooray. Yes. Yes. Feeling euphoric. This is from Eduardo. Thank you, Eduardo, for writing this. There is a much longer review, which is going to be on a blog, which I'm going to post at some point from the Seesaw Parade Twitter if you want to read it. But let me give you a summary. Euphoria is a teen drama that revolves around the life of a 17-year-old drug addict called Rue, who's straight out of rehab. Now, Rue is played by Zendaya, who you would recognise from Spider-Man and things from Nickelodeon. Yeah. So she plays a drug addict who's straight out of rehab with uh, many other underlying issues such as her mental state and the people around her. The common scenario in the show is themes of addiction and Zendaya's character facing the overwhelming compulsion of going back to the poison she chooses. The show focuses on addiction, mental health uh, from the perspective of teen life, as well as sex, love, self-image, gender identity, violence, family dynamics, and the weight that stress from school can have on a teenager. Just for a start, that is a lot of themes to be covered by a TV show. It's a lot of, yeah, yeah. To wrap up, Eduardo says, moving away from the messages the show throws at us, Euphoria is a dreamy and gritty eight-episode emotional roller coaster. The performance by the entire cast is phenomenal, especially from Zendaya and Hunter Schaefer. If you haven't watched it yet, give it a shot, and I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised. Hey. All right. To be fair, it was on my list for a long time, and I may actually give it a shot. Yeah, has it, having heard the review, it has not been removed from the list, which is, you know, encouraging for the show's quality. Absolutely. James, let's finish up by talking about bombing hurricanes. Yeah. Do you know how last week we talked about buying Greenland, and we thought, oh, that's the most ridiculous story we'll talk about all year? Imagine more ridiculous things than that. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, so <laughs> this is the news that Donald Trump has asked... If hurricanes can be nuclear bombed in an effort to stop them making landfall. Yeah, you bomb you bomb the middle of a hurricane and it disrupts the whole system. Right. And it means that it gets stopped right in the middle of the ocean and nothing goes wrong. Just nuclear fallout, but nothing goes wrong. <laughs> Just to give Mr. Trump credit, he's actually not the first president to have come up with this idea. I believe it was Harold Truman 
who did it in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a bit of a... No, it's, 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 a reoccur- it's a reoccurring thing. Presidents and people that are mocking presidents saying that the, their solution to everything is to nuke it. This isn't new jokes, yeah. but it's just happened again somehow. <laughs> and I don't know how. It's also the fact that you're you're the president of the United States and you say, you know what? I think we should nuke this hurricane well, and everything will be fine. The problem with Trump, given his huge long list of things that he thinks he is literally the best and smartest in the world at yeah when he thinks of an idea like this let's bomb the storm what he thinks is nobody else is smart enough to have thought of this idea so therefore it must be a new idea therefore it must be shared and i admire that he is willing to share his ideas and solutions to the world's problems it's very generous i don't admire that he just thinks he's such a genius and on the top level of everything, including humility. He is the most humble person you'll ever meet, James. I think yeah, he he said words to that effect. He he has said that he is incredibly humble. Oh yeah, no, I was I wasn't kidding. He actually did say that. Yeah. He like there is a whole list of Trump saying that he's the greatest at this or that. So I'm not surprised that when he thinks of an idea like to disrupt a storm by bombing it, that he thinks nobody else could have possibly thought of it or studied it. And um, so he says, Why don't we do it? But you know, People are dumb and they have dumb ideas like bombing storms quite a lot. It just happens that this time it was the president. And the main issue beyond that is the fact that he said it once or twice. People within his administration came out to say their responses to it. Yep. And lots of them trying to say nice things about Trump. Like he's brave for having ideas. Good boy. Give him a sticker. Uh, And then Trump, in response to all of us hearing it, says it never happened. Fake news. Yeah, he did. He tweeted that. Therefore, lying. Yeah. So we know it happened that he said this, and it's it's funny. Sure, uh, we know that it happened and has been sourced um, and has been responded to by people within his organization and within his cabinet. And then he still has the power to say that's a lie. It didn't happen. Therefore, lying, and lose no votes lose no confidence in himself lose no none of his reputation somehow he's reached his his, the bottom of the pit and no matter how hard he tries to lie more and dig further down he actually can't get further down everyone just props him up where he is okay james on that note it is time to end we have been going on (laughs) thank you for your rant let's move on thank you for that very much yes how do people get in touch (laughs) if they would like to contact the show or give us a review please uh if you want to give us a lengthy review of a thing absolutely email it to us at seesawparade at gmail.com that can be a review of anything at all whatever you can think of if you want to tell us in short form the thing in the world that you are the very best at, beyond even Trump, please tweet us at Seesaw Parade. I could tweet that, but then it would be like censored. I don't think we would. I don't think my parents would appreciate it. Yeah, Let, yeah, Colin, you're you're excluded from this call to action. Everybody else, tweet us the thing that you're the very best at in the whole world, and for one lucky person out there. They can claim that they're the best at listening to Seesaw Parade. Yes, they can. That is a very, very small group of people, James. Well, no, literally one person can claim that. I don't know who, but one can. (laughs) Fight. Go fight, children. (laughs) Also, you can Snapchat Seesaw Parade. Oh, man.
Yes, you and can. And we are still on Facebook, I suppose. Yeah, we are. I do post that. You also tweet us individually. Colin is Colin underscore, underscore stone underscore. I still can't say it right. And I am fair, James. I can say that right every time. Okay, James, thank you very much. This has been long, but fun. It's been lengthy. There'll be plenty of B-roll for the <laughs> podcast bonus episodes. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll end up in the editing room recycling bin. But James, thank you. I'll see you next yeah. week. Probably on Friday. Oh, yeah. See you on Friday. Let's do more music. Oh, wait, am I on today's music? Uh, no, no, it's me today. Okay. <laughs> See you on Friday for music time. See you, everybody else in the future for probably not music time, but, you know, hit me up if you want to play instruments with me. <laughs> and uh, I, su- I want to say goodbye, Trump, but he's going to come back. Let's say, yeah. let's say goodbye to the entire Earth's ecosystem because that isn't coming back. 